Hello, and welcome again to Journeys in Grace. My name is Pastor Eric Hubbard, and again, we continue on in the Word of God and studying the Word today, and I pray that wisdom, knowledge, understanding will come to you, to any of those who may not be saved or have not heard this uh, podcast. We are here just giving and sharing the Word, letting you know and, and, and just trumpeting that Jesus is coming soon, and I believe that this Word which must be preached as the God, as the uh, as the Word of God said through all the four corners of the word of the earth, brother, and I believe the gospel is the undeniable grace and desire of God to 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 reach the heart of men and women, and I let them know that Jesus is the answer, and and that's the, my simple definition of grace. It is God's pursuit of our heart, His pursuit, and letting us know that here I am. But not only his pursuit, but his um, his showing his favor, his divine mercy, his overflowing. The Bible calls it his abounding love. That love that cannot be explained. That love that uh, the Bible said that that we should we cannot express or we cannot uh, examine to the fullest the height, the depth, the width, the uh, the abundance of what God has for us. So that is my desire to sweep people into the kingdom of God. For there's nothing better, there's nothing uh, that can be compared to a relationship with God. I'm not talking about a church membership, but I'm talking about a relationship with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. A God that, can, that feels, as the Bible says, that can feel your every infirmity. He knows our, uh, our hurts, our pains, because he suffered it himself as he came to the world as a man. And because he came, he has the ability to to to, uh, to have a he has a reference because he's been there, done that, and yet the Bible says he overcame the world. He said, "Even as I've overcome, so have you." He overcame every temptation, every trial, everything, and he suffered, died for us, and yet he rose victorious. And today we're going to have a in our in our subject as we go into the Word of God. We're going to talk about are you all in? Still talking about identity. But I believe who we identify with would, does determine our course in life. It determines where we'll be next year. The, and, and when we identify with Christ, we identify with the word of God because that's who he is. Uh, St. John 1 and 1 said, in the beginning was the word. And the word was God. And the word was in the beginning with God. All things that were made were made by him. And without him was not anything made. And what John is saying in St. John again, 1, verses 1, 2, and 3, he's talking about Jesus Christ, the word of God, which was made flesh and dwelt among us. God's word walked the streets of, of, of Israel, walked the streets of, of Judah, came into Jerusalem, and demonstrated love. Colossians says he was the image of God. Because the world could not have taken God in all of his glory, but God being wrapped up in flesh, in the flesh of a man, he walked and showed what true love is. And when he did that, he expressed himself. You never saw God, in, in the, as, you read, as we read the, the Gospels, uh, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, Jesus never put sickness on anyone. He healed sickness. He never put diseases on anyone. He didn't uh, uh, curse anyone. 
what he did was he cast out demons. He became a curse for us. He didn't put poverty on anyone, but he blessed them. Anytime there was a lack, he brought forth abundance. At the wedding, when the wine had run out, and his mother said, uh, paraphrase, she said, I need you. I know you can do this. And he said, woman, it's not my time. But what did she tell the servants? Whatever he say do, do it. She made a demand on him. And he, humble as a son, converted water into wine. Not only a blessing for the wedding feast, but also a blessing for the couple that was there. For that in the Jewish day, that was what they uh, did. The, uh, the young man stayed home with his wife for one whole year. And those, that wine that he made, he made it in abundance for them. So they would have uh, as a wedding gift to them. Something as small as that. Small as that. That small gesture, what I'm talking about. The miracle wasn't small. But that gesture, and that's what the Bible says about he, he was the fulfilling of the law. He fulfilled it. Again, if you go back and read through the law in the uh, first five books of the Bible, it's one of the uh, privileges of marriage to a male was that he stayed home. He was not required to go out to, uh, to fight. He stayed home with his bride. But again, we're talking today about are you all in? Let's go to the book of St. John, 21st chapter. And just to set this up just a little bit, uh, Jesus was in the temple teaching. and You go to back to the 19th, 20th chapter of St. Luke. You'll see how that he was answering and, and being asked questions. He even asked questions himself. But here in the 21st uh, chapter of St. Luke, he's observing some things. He'd been there at the temple for a while. And now we're going to read uh, a few verses here in St. Luke 21. And Jesus looked up and saw the rich man casting in their gifts into the treasury. Again, he's in the temple. And he's just looking and watching people as they gave their offering. And he saw a poor widow casting in her two mites. I'm told many Bible descriptions say this is maybe pennies, probably less than a penny in, in, the, in our day. But she cast in two pennies. And he said, of a truth I say unto you, this poor widow has cast in more than they all. For all these have of their abundance cast in to, unto the offering of God. But she of her penury, and penury, uh, you can break that down, it means poverty. She in her poverty cast in all the living that she had. She cast in all the living that she had. And as we sort of go into this teaching today, think about what this woman did. And when you cast in something, that means you throw it in. When you cast out a line into the, uh, if you were fishing and you cast your line out, you throw it out. And this is what she did. She threw in everything. He says she cast in all her living. But everyone else, the rich, the, the, the middle class, whatever, they, they cast in an offering, okay? He said of their abundance. So they had much. So just think of it. As in our day, if you got a million dollars, what's a hundred? But if all you have is ten dollars and you cast in ten, you've made an you've given one hundred percent of your living. That's what Jesus is saying. She gave one hundred percent because knowing, and, and I believe in my heart, she's saying, God, this is all I have. And she threw it in. But everyone else. This is just a normal thing they did. 
you know, I'm giving my offering. And he wasn't downing the rich and what they were giving. But he focused in on this poor woman who gave everything. <clears throat> and I believe that's what Jesus is asking for us to do today. Is that do we have a 100% committal? Are we committed to God 100%? You know, many times when people come and we go into things, we sort of put something in reserve. And nothing wrong with savings. But when you come, when, when, when what Jesus is talking about, he's talking about our, our willingness to put total trust and total dependence on God. The gospel writer says <clears throat> that cast all your cares, the book of James, fourth chapter, casting all your cares. He says 100% casting in all of our cares for he cares much for us. God wants 100% of the things that concern you, concern your living, concern how and what you deal with each and every day. And let me, let me just read that. He says, but he giveth grace unto the, but he giveth more grace for he saith, this fourth chapter of St. James, fourth chapter, sixth verse, but he giveth more grace wherefore he saith, God resists the proud, but giveth grace to the humble. And it goes down in the, in the uh, I'll read a little bit of this. Submit yourself therefore to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw nigh to God, and he will draw nigh to you. Tenth verse says, humble yourself in the sight of the Lord, and he will lift you up. See, humility is more than uh, uh, when we... You know, I would, let's reverse that. I would say pride is more than arrogance. Pride also is when, when God has said, cast all your cares, and we decide, no, I think I can handle this. I think I can do this. I think uh, I have the wherewithal. I can figure this out. That is an element of pride because now we're saying, Lord, I don't need you in this situation. Let me do it. Let me do it. Let me do it. I know all of us have had, uh, uh, you, you're a parent or your aunt or uncle, or you've seen your children and they're struggling with something, trying to do, and you want to, you try to give them some instructions. No, this is how you, whether it's tying their shoe or whatever the taste, uh, uh, thing may be, but yet it always ends up in a knot and you see them frustrated. And then you go and say, let me show you. Let me show a better way, an easier way to do this. And they say, no, let me do it. And they continue to tie it in a knot and, they, and, they, and they're unsuccessful. And many of us, our lives are in knots. We keep trying the same old thing. I mean, even Einstein says that uh, if you keep doing the same thing, it is insanity to expect a different result. Again, he said, to continue doing the same thing, it is insanity. In other words, it's crazy to think you're going to get something. If you keep, if you're, gonna, if you're in the city square and you're asking for directions, and someone tells you, go out here and take a right. No, go down here and take a left and go straight for a couple miles. And you say, oh, okay, I got it. But yet, you go to the corner, you take a right. You go to the corner, you take a right. You go to the corner, you take a right. And then you make another right. If you keep doing the same thing, you're going to end up in the same, with the same result. So what I'm saying is, that in the, into the body of Christ and to anyone that's listening, for us to have, to have the ability to move from faith to faith, to grow in God, we must be willing to go in 100% and say, Father, I trust you. We say, Preacher, how did I do that in practicality? It's when we 
go to God with our issue. Go to God with our uh, our uh, and, and ask him, God, what would you have me to do? And we're led by scripture. We're led by the Holy Spirit. Said, yes, this is a plan. And when we begin to walk it out, whenever you run into, when your peace is taken away, when you find an absence of peace, it means that we used to stop and wonder, say, okay, Lord, what's going on? Because we must be guided not only by the Spirit, but also let the peace of God rule in our life. Let the peace of God direct us. Because peace can peace is just like an umpire. When you, when you have peace, continue therein. But when we see, and that doesn't mean that when you anytime there's a trial or tribulation that we should stop and, and go sit in the corner and wait. No. But it's when God has he's dis, disturbs our peace and, and we, we that's when we need to go to him and say, Father, what are you trying to tell me? What are you trying to show me? But what I'm saying is when you're all in, you walk with 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 a discerning ear, with a discerning heart, saying, Father, I'm going to go in this direction. If I'm going wrong, or if, I, if this is the wrong decision, I believe he will instruct you. He will talk to you. He said, my sheep hear my voice, and a stranger they will not follow. And again, if we consider this woman, she gave everything. Everything. For the Jewish nation was taught about the giving how that God would bless them. And we would go over to uh, um, uh, over to uh, Deuteronomy 8.18. He said, it is I, it is God, I, God, that give you power to get wealth. I'm talking about God, Jehovah, the God of heaven and earth. He said, I'm the one that give you power to get wealth. I'm the one. And you go on over to uh, Deuteronomy 28, and he describes all of the blessings. You can't convince a Jewish person who have knowledge of the scripture that it should, they should be broke and they should be without. I'm not saying that they're not people who are, who are not millionaires or billionaires, but I'm talking about who walk in prosperity and who walk in the blessings of God because they recognize that they are the children of Abraham. They are the children of the blessed one. And have God having told Abraham, surely blessing, I will bless you. I will make your name great. I will cause you to be a blessing. And all the families of the earth are going to be blessed through you. They knew these things. And they had these promises. And that's why I believe this woman could throw in everything. And say, Father, I'm all in. This is all my living. And do it by faith. You know, many times when we have a little, we don't give. Because we'll sit back and say, well, this is all I got. What can God do? But it's not about God. It's about you. And that all in not only means money, it means when we are, uh, you know, we're in relationships and you recognize and we make the same bad decision over and over and over again. We seem to be drawing in the same type of uh, those of you who are single and unmarried or those who've been married two, three, four, five times. And you seem to draw the same type of woman, the same type of man. And we wonder and you hear many people say, oh, you know what? Ain't no good men, ain't no good women. If you picking the same man. But yet you the only, you're the same one that's making the same pick, and you pick the same type of man or woman. It's not the people, it's you. If you are a single person, and you in every relationship you get into, you wind up with a man, or you you when at the end of the relationship, you find out this man has uh, uh, been cheating on you for 
however many, the entire length of the relationship, or this woman has been cheating on you, or whatever the, 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 the uh, way that he or she has been doing, you find out they have the same behavior. That's when you should go to yourself and say, Father, what is about me that is bringing these tight people in? That they are drawn to me and what, not only them drawn to you, but what's drawing you to them. But I believe that when we're all in, we have a listing here. We're going to get over to Revelation today. The Bible says, the scripture says, he that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the church. Jesus is talking today. And I believe we're in the time of the greatest revival uh, the earth has ever seen. Although we see COVID and hurricanes and fires and all these things and, 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 uh, and all kind of things happening within our government. And we're not able, many of us not able to discern the times. You know what time it is? Jesus is coming soon. He's coming. He's coming soon. We see the signs of the time. He spoke of earthquakes in, in diverse places all over the earth. We see wars and rumors of wars. As I spoke last, talked talk a little bit uh, in one of our previous lessons about how that we see what's going on in that little country over in the Middle East called Israel. And all these things, it looks like, uh, again, that uh, Iran may be getting a nuclear weapon. And Israel says, not happening on our watch. Afghanistan now, another country trying to, we, that country being the United States, trying to go and conquer it and discovering that didn't happen. <clears throat> so what I'm saying is there's so many things happening today but our country and many of, of, of countries of the earth we've turned from having God as our head but I got good news for you as one of my favorite preachers says that there is revival there are going to be there are personal revival not going to be there are personal revival where men and women's hearts are turning to God there are, many are discovering again in their home, while they've been in their homes all these many months, some for a year, having not even went outside. All, you can order in all your groceries. You can work from home. You can, you can uh, 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 homeschool your children. All these things. But many people, and nothing wrong with that. But what I'm saying is, many people for fear, they are so fearful. And yet, they'll go to Walmart, as I said before. They'll go shopping. They'll go out to eat. But when it comes to fellowshipping in the house of God, <clears throat> they refuse because it's too dangerous. Well, it's not too dangerous for you to do all the things you do. But when it comes time to gather in the house of God, we find an excuse. But I ask you again today, are you all in? Are you all in? You know, those who use a, a, a term, I use something that, you know, if, if you ever played cards back in the day, you would, uh, the, they would make bids and say, okay, and you would make your bid and somewhere would say, I'm all in on this one. They push all the thing, all their chips, all their money, put it in the center of the table and say, I'm betting everything on this hand. If they lose, they get up and have to gotta move on. If you win, you win everything. Well, I say to you, are you all in with God? Is he your Lord and, is Jesus your Lord and Savior? Allow him to be. He's longing to be your Lord and your Savior. He says, humble yourself. So we all feel like we, he's not, 
God's not looking for purple, perfect people. He's looking for humble people. That's why James said, humble yourself in the sight of the Lord, and he will lift you up. He will set you among princes. He'll take the very poorest person, the most uneducated person, and set them at the top, at the head. He will put you in places that you never dreamed. He will make you a light. He told Israel, I'm going to make you a light to the Gentile. He's saying to us today, we are the seed of Abraham. But more than that, we are a child and we are a, a, a fellow brethren with Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Let's go and read. I'm going to read now. We're uh, getting ready to end this, end this teaching today. Open Romans 8, chapter 9, verse. Romans 8 and 9. Go there real quickly. Romans 8 and 9. He, now, Paul is talking to the, to the Roman church, and he's telling them in, a, in uh, Romans 8, chapter 9, verse, he said, But you are not in the flesh. If you are a child of the Most High, and you have submitted yourself and received Jesus in, he said, you're not after the flesh. In other words, he said, that old nature that was in you, the one that caused you to make all the bad decisions, that nature is gone. Now, we've got to be, our mind has to have to be, uh, uh, have to be, changed, transformed. In Romans uh, 12, 1 and 2 says, uh, Paul is being to speak to the church. He says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of Jesus Christ, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And then he goes on to say, be ye not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That's what Paul is saying here in the eighth, in the ninth verse, chapter eight, verse nine. He said, "You don't have that. You, you don't that old nature that drove you to wild living, of making every decision you made. You know everything that uh, looked like gold turns into dust. Everything, every everything that 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 you looked at, and it looked like it was going to be successful. Every relationship, nothing works out for you in the past." But you are not that woman anymore. You are not that man anymore. You are blessed and highly favored. You are the seed of Abraham. Galatians 3.29. You are blessed, blessed, blessed. And the rest of this, uh, Romans 8.9 said, but you are not in the flesh. You don't have that old nature, but in the spirit. Now we have that new nature on inside of us. 55.17. The old man has passed away. Behold, all things have become new. He says, but you are in the spirit. If so be, if the spirit of God dwell in you. He says, if God's spirit's in you, you are a new man. And you now, and you are a new man or a new woman. You are now walking after the spirit. You are walking after the things of God. And that's why Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice. Because his spirit dwells on the inside of you. He said, now, if any man have not the spirit of Christ, he's none of his. So if you are, just got saved yesterday, just got saved five minutes ago, you have the spirit on the inside. Now, your mind just needs to be transformed by the, your mind is renewed. How? By reading and meditating on the word of God. Go back. Go back to the scripture. Go back to the Bible. Go back to reading and learning 
what the promises of God and how the word of God, the word of God can transform you. It'll transform your very life. One, 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 uh, one author says it's effortless change. God can do more. He can, but you by reading and obeying the word of God and letting the spirit, spirit of God have free course in you. You will change more by accident than you did on purpose. When you lose that law mind, <clears throat> that law where you have to, I got to do this. I got to do that. No, just love God and love people. That's a, my uh, a short abbreviation of what Jesus, when they asked Jesus, what's the two of the greatest commandments? He told them to love the Lord God without your heart, mind, and soul. All of it. All of your heart, all of your mind, all of your soul. He said, love your neighbor as yourself. To shorten that up, love God, love people. If you do that, you're walking in the spirit. You're walking in love. You will see things change in your life as you begin to uh, uh, allow God to be head. You are not the pilot. He is. You just follow his direction. Just follow. Just listen. Listen to what the spirit said. Listen. Begin to put yourself back in the word of God. Become all in. Because this world does not have the answer. You won't find it on, on, on the news. It will not be found on the internet. Unless you listen to the word of God. It won't be found on the television or radio. It won't be found in the news broadcast. Whether you're uh, uh, Democrat or Republican. Your answer is found in the word of God. Alright, last scripture you're going to read today is in the book of Revelation, third chapter. Where Jesus began to speak uh, through Apostle John. This is, uh, again, Revelation 3. I start reading around the 14th verse. And through Revelation, the Lord was speaking to John. He began to speak to giving John a message that he, would, he wanted him to give to the angel or the messenger of each church. He began to talk to this, uh, this certain church in uh, the book of, uh, again, Revelation 3.14. Until the angel of the church of the Laodiceans, these things saith the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of the creations of God. And we know only Christ is the beginning of God's creation. He, in the beginning was the word. St. John 1 and 1. He said, Jesus talks and says, I know your works. He says, I know that you are neither hot, no, neither cold nor hot. He said, but I would have you cold or hot. In other words, <clears throat> a re uh, uh, definition or breakdown of that is, Jesus, I, if you were a sinner or a saint, <clears throat> I can deal with it. But because you are lukewarm, 16th birth. He said, because you're lukewarm, neither cold nor hot, he said, I'm going to throw you up out of my mouth. He said, you are so vile to me. That hypocrite that's in church, they're neither in the body of Christ, neither are they a sinner or a lost man. They're just there. You can't count on them. Today, they're, they're with you. Tomorrow, they're talking against you. He said, but because he said, this is what that, that, that lukewarm warm person says, 17th verse. He said, you say I'm rich. You say I'm increased with goods. You say, you say I have no need of nothing. He said, but I know and know it not, rather, he said. He said, he said you don't even know that you're wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked. 
He's talking about their spiritual condition. He said, you are wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked. He said, but I'm telling you today, buy gold tried in the fire, that you may be rich with white raiment. In other words, he said, I'm going to make you new. Jesus closed. It, it doesn't, again, it doesn't matter what you did yesterday or an hour of yesterday. No matter the bad relationship, the bad decisions. It matters about whether you have received Christ as your Savior. Do you know Jesus? Now, I'm not actually, did you, are you pretending to know him? Have you received him? Is he Lord and Savior of your life? I pray that he is. I pray through these brief teachings, through you reading the word. And that's another, another goal of mine, not only for everyone to hear this, to be saved, and to I pray to be an encouragement to you. But if you're not saved, my desire is that you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, as your deliverer, as your uh, uh, provider, knowing that if you trust him, If he said, I stand at the door and knock. I just mean knocking on my little table here. If I stand at the door and knock. He said, if you open. He's not asking you to be perfect today. He's not asking you to be complete. He's not asking you to be the perfect saint. He's asking you to receive him. And all of these things, because he was perfect. If you receive him, he will make you acceptable to God. He, you will be righteous. You will be holy. Not because of what you've done, but because of what we believe he did. He's waiting today. He wants you to go all in, trusting him, believing in him, knowing he'll never leave you, nor forsake you. Men will let you down. Relationship will let you down. Sometimes your body will let you down. But Jesus will be there from now to eternity, no matter where you are, no matter what you've done. He said, today, when you hear my voice, harden not your heart. I pray that you hear my plea today. Come to Jesus. Let him help you. Let it go. Let that pain go. Forgive that person that broke your heart. Forgive that person that cursed you out. Forgive that mother or dad where you did you you know you you know whatever abuse was you to suffer through through childhood. Whatever happened in the family, forgive them. You can't bring back yesterday. And not only that, if you were the one that was the abuser, if you were the one <clears throat> that was the wronged was the wrong one, the one that that erred, that broke people's heart, you not only if you can, ask them to forgive, forgive you. If it's, if it's possible, that person may be going on to glory. They may, have, they may be dead today. Then you have to ask God to forgive you by faith. But not only that, forgive yourself. You can't take all that pain, all of the misery that we went through, all of us, if we are baggage. But I want to tell you, let it go. Forgive yourself and let God help you. I pray this has been a blessing to you today. Go on in with God. Let him help you. 
be that man, be that woman that he's called you to be. If you are saved, everything you need is already in you. He's given you all things that pertain to life and godliness. It's in Ephesians 1, 3 and over in the uh, uh, book of Peter, uh, St. Peter. First chapter. All things. Everything you need. If you sit there on your seat waiting for God to do, uh, when God speaks to me, you know, I'm going to try this thing when, you know, sometimes, many times, God's waiting on you. But well, it's rare that we wait on God. God's waiting on you to get ready. But when he speaks for you to go, don't be looking for a sign. The sign is the peace that he gives in your heart. Be willing. Be willing. Go all in. Ask for wisdom. Ask for knowledge. Ask for direction. But when he gives you peace, move in the direction that God has spoken you to do. With a listening ear and a desiring heart. I'm Pastor Eric Hubbard today with Journeys in Grace. Be blessed.